0: Welcome to TA1, everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson On a chilly, somewhat sunny December day um, I don't really have a lot to say for the intro here um, Other than adventure Racer, adventure Racer Teammate Finder is going great um, If you haven't been here, join the group find a team or teammates for your next adventure race. I think we've already done about looks like three or four love connections for races, so that's kind of cool. This one is Jason Erkvitz who we talk about the worlds, of course. Um, I think I've got another half a dozen of them. We'll probably do one more midweek next week, just before Christmas. And then we'll go back to our regularly scheduled programming, Um, got a lot of, like I said, worlds coming up, Um, got some good ideas for after that, Um, then we'll lead up to the Maya Mountain Adventure Challenge, probably talk about that a little bit, and I'm thinking, I got an idea for episode 100, which might be kind of cool, so we will uh, see how that goes, so... Guess with that I'm gonna tell everybody to go fast, take chances, have a Merry Christmas, oh no we'll get one more before Christmas so uh, don't worry about the Merry Christmas, Um, just have some fun and oh yeah apparently uh, at Cowboy Tough they're going to be using some portage wheels for my Canadian friends Um, so we'll put a link to uh, the Moose Alley video in the show notes so you can see how not to do it. So, all right, here's Jason. Thanks for listening. Hi Randy. Okay, it's working now. <laughs> Glad to hear it. I had to shut everything down. It's weird because I actually had just gotten done with uh, talking with Warren Bates, and everything was fine, and then it wasn't. So, hmm. but oh, that took for took forever. <laughs> So thanks
1: for thanks for being patient. Not a problem. Yeah, you know, I was I, actually on downloading the Warren Bates episode. I wanted to find out what the breaking news was. Oh, um,
0: they Richie McCaw, who is like the Tom Brady, Tiger Woods of the All Blacks rugby team, yeah, is going is doing the race.
1: Oh, yeah, that would be uh, noteworthy. Yeah, so actually, huge deal
0: in in uh, New Zealand. So. And then we talk a little bit about uh, Godzone is leaving the World Series.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Yeah, they just, uh, I mean, we, we spent a lot of time talking about that. So, yeah, it's a pretty interesting episode. So, But not as interesting
1: as this one's going to be. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> there, How's that for a segue? Well, I, I don't know if I belong in the same uh, category as Kyle, Nathan, Chris, and uh, Warren, but uh, I'll live up trying live up to it. Oh, I've
0: and I've done more. I've talked to um uh Eric Sanders. Okay. And um Silver SNR who's with the Estonians. Right. So, that was that Well, this is all weird cuz I'm not sure how they'll be put together, <laughs> what order, but um with him we spent like 45 minutes just talking about the pack rafting section. <laughs> so, and, uh, oh, all right. So enough of that. Um, how are you feeling after that, uh, pleasant jaunt through Brazil?
1: Uh, I'm not feeling too bad now. It's taken me, uh, you know, two plus weeks to get to, to a point where I'm comfortable most of the time anyways. So yeah. was
0: it just general adventure race, soreness, beat upness or anything specific?
1: Uh it was my feet actually. I had, I had, by day two, terrible blisters on the, you know, all wrapped around my heels, oh. and then it started on my toes. So, I had to live, endure five days of that torture in addition to everything else. So, That's, but uh, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm able to put shoes on now, so I, I'm happy with that. That's a bonus. It's
0: kind of a important thing in the middle of the winter, right? The summer. <laughs> who cares if you're wearing sandals?
1: yeah I got off the plane. It was snowing, and I was wearing flip flops
0: <laughs> so, what how do you... Because, you know the average person gets a little dime sized blister and they're you know oh God, I gotta go to bed how do you how do
1: you deal with it well i uh I had the medic's lansom whenever I could, and then mm-hmm. uh I'd wrap it with gauze and then protect that with leuco tape and that that worked for probably the first three days, and then towards the end there was there wasn't really much I could do. I just hoped I, my my feet would fit into the next pair of shoes, which which got interesting when we got to the last day and I had to kind of shoehorn them into my bike shoes. Yeah, doesn't doesn't even
0: sound pleasant. <laughs>
1: no. I was happy um, to be off them, to tell you the truth. The well, okay, was,
0: wasn't too bad. Yeah, I can see that. Except how much did you get to bike? I heard a lot of it was still, was a lot of the bike was hike-a-bike.
1: Well, I think because we were a day behind the leaders at that mm-hmm. point, yeah. Um, the rain that they got when they were biking actually helped to pack a lot of it down. There was a section in the middle where it was kind of beach sand and we had to push for a couple of miles. But for the most part, it wasn't too bad. We could ride most of it. Oh well, that's a bonus, right? <laughs> I'll take what I can get at this point. Yeah,
0: let's um. Hey, this will be unusual. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. So how did how did you end up with a bunch of Swiss guys, right?
1: That's correct. Huh. Uh, you know, I never asked that question, but I suspect um, it was through Kyle. Hmm. Uh, Charles from Team Radies is living in San Francisco now, and he's been doing some paddling with Kyle, so. If I had to guess, that's probably the connection. So they
0: got in touch with you? They were looking?
1: Yeah, I got an urgent uh, email sometime mid-September, I think, or end of Mm -hmm. September, saying, you know, urgent AR World Series. I read through it, and Charles explained how they needed someone to fill in. And if I was interested, kind of short and sweet to the point, and uh, I had saved enough vacation time because I thought there was a chance – I might be going there with team canada so as it worked out i still had time available so i i jumped on board and uh i didn't think my my training was too far off so i could kind of piece it together through the month of november did a bunch of paddling and pack rafting Mm -hmm. and uh i thought i was pretty well prepared by the time we hit the starting line so um
0: and i read read some of your stuff and Apparently, half the race for you is
1: getting there. Yeah, that was a uh, like Kyle. It was a bit of a pain, actually, yeah. more tougher than I thought it was going to be. I had to go down to New York City to apply for my visa, and the, even that was a pain because you had to you had to get an appointment on this online calendar. And by the time I figured out what was going on, I went to the online calendar, and the appointments were all during the race, so that wasn't wow. going to work. And, and then i realized that you could kind of work your way around the system by just waiting for the next available appointment when someone canceled and that enabled me to get an appointment ahead of time they were they're particularly rigid in that regard so you know you couldn't work with them in any way shape or manner you had to follow the rules all the way through so it should have taken two trips but it only took one i was able to hire a company to actually go and pick up my visa for me with my passport and mail it to me overnight
0: yeah, interesting. I mean, I haven't done that much traveling. Have you ever had to get a visa before, and has it been that big
1: of a deal? Uh, well, when you went to, when I went to Chile for mm-hmm. Patagonia, um, we had to get a visa for that as well. But that was a little different. In that you flew all the way down there, you got to the customs agent, paid your one hundred and sixty dollar visa fee, and they let you into the country. Hmm. So eh, they just wanted the one hundred and sixty bucks. <laughs> Yeah, I well I would have gladly paid it, you know, any way they wanted at that point. It was a pain in the neck to, to drive down to New York City and back in the day.
0: Yeah. Well, it's just, you know, that's that adage, right? Adventure racing starts the race starts who knows when anymore, right? Exactly. <laughs> so um so you got there, not a big deal, but when you started looking at the stuff, you know, the distances and the time estimates what did you think? Yes, or This was a little
1: uh, off. Well, we hadn't seen. Obviously, we didn't see the map, so it was yeah. tough to say. Um, before they they did, they gave us the disciplines in the distance, and I kind of put together what I thought the timing would be for mm-hmm. us to get through them. And then when they when they came out with the uh, the time estimates, fast and slow, we we were you no. Know, my my estimates were well within their bounds. Which which was a little concerning because I didn't think I was that good an estimator, but (laughs) (laughs) as it turns out, I wasn't in some uh, regard.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say apparently you're not that good an
1: estimator. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I never ran out of food, so I can at least say I was I was good as far as that went. Um, But Mm -hmm. you know, once we got the maps, the maps are one to one hundred thousand, so that that's a bit misleading as well. It doesn't Mm -hmm. really show vegetation very well, and you see these little bumps that are mountains on the map, and it's tough to say what the vegetation's like, so we just had to go with what the recommendations were. I think for the longer legs, we maxed out with the food maybe a little bit more, just in case I think that helped us um, and some of the longer legs, yeah, so um, was that
0: kind of pretty well, I mean, you do to have to have a weight limit, but were you kind of worried about running out of food?
1: Um, some of the longer legs, like I said, we, they had estimated 24 hours plus and I, I wasn't sure what they used for their basis for the estimation, but yeah. that seemed, seemed pretty long. I'm on the longer legs. I wanted to make sure I had some extra food. So that's what I, we threw in on those legs. We weren't really, um, too constrained by the weight limits for whatever reason. We You know, once we started weighing things, we actually were, we started throwing in, a bunch of liquids uh, pop and things like that so we were prepared as long as we could get to the bins that was that was the problem
0: yeah so um what was your boat ride up the river like
1: uh it was rough to be <laughs> truthful it was like a sweat box yeah the uh you know the the bunk on our ship was um supposedly air conditioned but i think when they turned the lights out at whatever time it was 10 o'clock it turned the air conditioning off as well and you know with 15 or 20 guys in this small little room stacked in there like cordwood there wasn't a lot of a lot of air moving around and uh, i i'm pretty sure i woke up completely dehydrated i could feel sweat running off me all night i don't know how much sweat sleep i actually i got but that's kind of a hard way to Get into the race,
0: and I and obviously it affected some people even worse,
1: yeah. yeah i mean i I was well aware of it being a problem, so you know from the minute I woke up i I was down in as much water as I could get a hold of the entire time till one o'clock
0: mm. yeah, so um i haven't talked to anybody. what was the little um school project like? you brought books down for the kids?
1: yeah, there was two schools, actually, one was in Karumba that we went to um the night before we left and then we, we brought books there and they had a, a little musical presentation we handed out books to to the kids and then uh, we were supposed to bring more books which I did and uh, when we got to the those small little town where the race start was they the kids kind of came out and greeted us gave us uh, water bottles with filters in them which was really nice yeah and then uh, toured us around through their their little compound there gave us a, a walk around the the edge of their facility. We got got an idea of what we were going to be getting ourselves into based on what <laughs> we could see. And then uh, we did a little presentation where we exchanged books again. They gave us some hats and some flags. So it was kind of fun. Cool. Did um, this is
0: kind of weird because I'm thinking of all these fun things to ask you. <laughs> was there? did you have an opening ceremony before you guys left or was the schools kind of the opening ceremony?
1: Uh, there was an opening ceremony where all the, the local dignitaries, uh, um, everybody's, everybody had a speech. Yeah, pretty much. It was all in all in Portuguese. <laughs> uh, we did have, uh, headsets that they were, uh, translating into English for us. So that wasn't so, too bad. Yeah.
0: Something about, uh, South America, Central America
1: and given speeches. They certainly like to do that. Don't they? yeah well it's pretty funny The the woman uh kind of introduced everybody brought them up on stage and kind of gave us an idea of who everybody was and then she introduced i think it was the mayor and then he introduced everybody that was standing up on the stage again (laughs) (laughs) um um, all right let's let's
0: get serious here how did how how did your race start and, and, and just walk walk me through the race cause that's that's what I really like to hear
1: from you guys okay um you know after the presentation we we were had some free time you know from maybe eleven third or twelve on until one, and uh started getting our kayaks and gear ready, and of course the sun is was beating right down on top of us um i I don't know what the temperature was they said it was, there was a heat wave while we were down there, but it felt like it was a hundred degrees with like ninety five percent humidity. So you're you know sweating just moving from the from the shade to the kayaks, and um got everything set up. they put us in the water at one o'clock, and uh the entrance into the river was uh was a giant step, so you had to like jump right in the river, so instantly my feet are wet, which I yeah. was hoping to avoid but uh we lined up across the river and the river had we had we had clocked it earlier in the week it's a five k per hour current hmm. and uh we have to, the first stage of the race was up the river for, uh, 40 K or whatever it was so that our, our boat speed was maybe seven or eight K per hour. So we, against the current, we weren't making a lot of headway. Uh, we paddled up the river and, you know, within the first hour, Tim, who I was paddling with, you know, he started to say, I don't feel all that well. And I, I think this is the worst I've ever felt in a race. So uh, at that point, you, know, you could see everybody was kind of working pretty hard, even around where we were. We had started to drop back a little bit, and uh, we decided to uh, take a break in the shade for five minutes and kind of let him jump in the river. At that yeah. point, you're totally forgetting about the fact that there's piranhas and alligators and yeah. whatever. And then that's what we, we proceeded that way, you know, every hour or so, stopping for five minutes to try and cool off in the shade. And uh, it gave us an opportunity to drink and eat as well. And then uh, once we got we got off the river into that large lake in the sunset, um, and it was actually a, a pleasant paddle aside from the fact it was still pretty well pretty warm even yeah. with the sunset. And it was a clear night. Um, there were some really cool constellations in the southern hemisphere that I hadn't seen too much, so I was kind of watching that. And Charles was navigating um towards the end of the lake we found the opening where the little cove was and uh we took out there and uh, as we we were changing i think we were 26 coming out of the water which wasn't all that great but right. um and and i could we could hear this noise up on the hill a little bit and there was a team with a woman who was in a space blanket and was com- complaining in a foreign language which i didn't recognize so it was obvious somebody had already started to feel the effects. I think it ended up being the, the uh, Nordic uh, adventure team from mm-hmm. Norway. Yeah. Um, and then the next the next leg was uh, a trek to a farmhouse along a bit of a farmer's path. And uh, we kind of jogged that um, past a number of Brazilian teams along the way. I jumped a snake and saw my first tarantula along the way and then uh, got to the farmhouse and by the time I got to the farmhouse I could feel I had some hot spots on my feet already and I knew that wasn't good so I taped them kind of quickly um, we got we filled up on water they had rice and beans and things at the at the farmhouse it was like 1 in the morning which was nice of them to be awake awake for us at that point hmm and then from there we hiked uh, up well we went down a runway there are all these farms in that area for the most part, that's how they get supplies. A couple times a year, is everyone's got a landing strip because they're so isolated by all the water down there. That's the only right. way to get around, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. So we went up and over a mountain, past a radio tower, down the other side, and by then it was daylight. Right. And. Uh, we had... I mean, how was that trek for you guys? Just basic um, trek. Yeah, it was a basic yeah basic trek. We uh, we found the trail uh off the runway up the hill it was actually a marked path for the most mm. part to the top to the radio tower and then the trail died at the radio tower and that's where we got our first taste of what bushwhacking was going to be like in the jungle mm. it was kind of a volcanic rock with uh, long grass over the top of it so you you really never knew what you were stepping on it was always a bit of a surprise when your foot landed
0: yeah that's what i heard it was it was actually really hard to do yeah
1: and then uh you know we got down into the the valley and that's where the real thick jungle starts and you're kind of fighting through it and i think our machete came out for the first time through there could see some paw prints from some big animals going through there but we didn't we didn't see any and then uh you know we busted out uh out of the woods into this little, little farmer area um there was that's where the ta was and uh inflated our pack rafts. there was a number of teams there. It was actually an overcast morning, so it was kind of nice um, quickly changed and then took off on our pack rafts and that that first leg of the river actually had a giant oxbow to it with uh, with a very narrow piece of land between one side and the next that if mm-hmm. you decided to bushwhack through there cut off like 10k of paddling upriver. So we decided we were going to try that and got to where we thought a very good takeout was. And we could see a path where someone had cut through. And after reading a bunch of these race reports, I think it was actually, uh, Columbia that cut through there. We kind of, we took their path as far as we could. And then, it, you know, the jungle got a little denser. So we had to finally pack the pack rafts away and then got a little further and turned into an animal path where you're crawling on your hands and knees. And, um, uh, unfortunately there was another brazilian team unfortunately for them there was another brazilian team that followed us and uh by then we were fully committed to this route and it was only about 250 meters across this little spittle end i thought and it took us three hours to get across (laughs) it so at that point we decided oh it doesn't make a lot of sense to uh to bushwhack around here and Mm -hmm. stuck to the river the entire rest of the paddle for that one yeah and that dumped out into another giant lake where yeah. the wind was whipping pretty well into our face. Um, and we had been warned that the conditions there could be pretty rough because it was really shallow. Mm-hmm. And the wind was coming right straight down. The fetch was straight down the lake. And uh, we were making no headway paddling into it. With The, the, the alpaca canoes have such high freeboard that it was basically a sail trying to paddle up river or up the wind. Yeah. So we got out and actually, the water, because the water was so shallow, it was about waist to chest deep, we actually walked with them towards the the nearby shore for about an hour until we got... It was either sheltered enough where the wind died down or the, the wind died down on its own, I wasn't quite sure. And we were able to paddle into this uh, little cove where the takeout was. There was two options for routes to get up and over this mountain. Mm-hmm. And uh, as we were approaching... We could see where teams were and which direction they were going. They were all going straight up. So we thought, well, we'll do the same thing. We'll follow their herd path. And turns out uh, there wasn't really a herd path to follow. <laughs> and we kind of went back and forth. What do we do? And there was a little indecision there. And I was like, look, I think the best route now, if we can't find a way up, this really aggressive route in the jungle is at night, is to go across this cove to the opposite side where the less aggressive route was. And it was about 4K longer, but um, you, you could follow the ridge line, at least in theory, all the way to the top where the checkpoint was. So yeah. after deflating the pack grass and packing them away and changing our clothes and socks and shoes, whatever, and uh, we decided, well, we're going to paddle back across again. So <laughs> we had to reinflate the pack grass and paddle across and deflate them on the other side. So we wasted probably two hours goofing around on that shoreline. And then made it up the first bit of the, of the trail on the ridge, and of course the the map is uh, 50 meter contours I think so, there's a lot of topography that gets hidden in 50 meters that Mm -hmm. when you're standing on on a, on a ridge line, it's really difficult to see where the ridge line goes and you know which if you're falling off to the one side or the other if you're still on the ridge so we, we trekked for a while, um, to a point where again we got to where we weren't really sure which direction to go and wandered around a little bit and finally we decided well we're gonna sit here until daylight so that we can get a good idea because if you went off the back side you, you were going to be well off course yeah and uh you know 4:30 came we woke up we could see where we needed to go and it was right on the bearing we thought we should have been on which was a nice confirmation unfortunately yeah. It, it was about four hours of time that we wasted, it, you know, sleeping, which I guess isn't that bad because we, we anticipated getting asleep after this uh, edge, this leg of the pack raft anyway, so we just took it a little early.
0: Early, yeah. Well, and who knows how much time you'd have lost.
1: Yeah. It's gonna, it's yeah. Not... yeah. Um, but I don't know how much time we slept either because there was no breeze and the mosquitoes were feasting on us. Yeah um so anyways the daylight came we got to the uh up to the top we found quite a herd path from other teams in, in front of us and just followed that right to the checkpoint and mm. this checkpoint was actually mis, misplaced i believe yeah. although it was manned um, we heard some noise from some people as we were approaching so we just kind of kept walking towards the noise and uh, we didn't waste any time there fortunately i know technically wasted a bunch of time looking for it, probably some others
0: yeah i think they did so and um, actually, I'm looking at at your map. It's on attack point. So, I'll uh, I'll link that so people can see. Okay. Just just what you what we're what you're talking about here. So it's, it's very interesting to listen to you talk talk about it and and be looking at it at the same time. <laughs> so, but, so because actually the people that took that conservative, you you actually just walked right up to it is how it ended up working out right yeah and the
1: in the aggressive one they hunted forever well they a lot of them got cliffed out because if you decided to go straight to the point it was mm-hmm. you know the last 400 300 meters or whatever was straight up so yeah they there was a number of tracks you can see the gps their gps track showed them they'd get to the cliff and then they'd they'd tip to the west and walk around to get get up to it but if you were still aiming for the for the peak or whatever, you you still had a chance of walking right by it, and I think wow. a number of teams did. So, yeah, that's kind of unforgivable to
0: be that far off <laughs> with the checkpoint. I think. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. It is what it every is, every, right? You, yeah, you can't <laughs> set
1: every single point. And you have to rely on people to yeah to that are going to be manning the checkpoint to put it where it's supposed to be. I guess.
0: Yeah, my favorite story like that's the first year Paulette went to Patagonia, and there was a Tyrolean across the river and the guys that went up there to set it up and you know set it up like two k
1: from where they're supposed to' because they thought it was a better spot <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you're gonna wander two k looking for something that's a that's yeah. not uh something you want to be doing no not not when it was a cutoff also so
0: right but yeah, so you hit that good then. Then we're, then what's, how much more trekking you got to do then?
1: Uh, So then we had to trek down the backside Mm -hmm. of the, of that mountain. um, You know, everything on the map looks very short. Oh, that's just a little bit down the, down the hill. And then you catch this little trail and then take that to the TA. Well, the, we followed a re-entrant and then we followed another re-entrant and then we got down into this, that meant another, uh. A dry creek, and we followed the dry creek, and then that wasn't making a lot of sense. And we really wanted to hit this road because once you got down to the flat flats, the jungle got really, really thick. So, but, you know, we all wanted to stay on on line for that. And uh, there was a bunch of indecision. What do we do? Let's do this. Let's do that. And finally, it's like I don't care what we do, but we need to stay, make a decision and keep to it because you know every every fifty meters we'd kept changing our minds So we yeah. we finally decided just to walk down that dry creek bed and. Then, Fortunately, it ran across the path that we were looking for. We took that into the TA, um, and then I think the, the next leg right out of there was a trek, the, mm-hmm. the mountain trek. And my, when we got to that TA, I, you know, I knew my feet were in pretty bad shape, so I had that was the first time I had my the blisters lanced, and I, I was thinking this next leg is supposed to be sixty-eight k up and over a mountain range <laughs> this is going to be interesting yeah that's a good yeah i like that
0: word interesting
1: no <laughs> so that's a that's when the uh the leave protocol started so yeah. i was on a every 10 hours taking one a leave to try and alleviate the pain oh. It it helps some right but it, it takes the edge off which is just all you can ask for at that point yeah yeah so how so, long
0: was that trek then
1: well it was supposed to be 68k but for whatever reason it was about 20k shorter than that which yeah. i was pretty thankful for yeah. it was actually a beautiful track um early on it was uh kind of along the the valley floor and then we found a reentrant and took that uphill almost straight uphill found a nice a beautiful waterfall to refill up on and uh, you could stand at the top of the waterfall and stare into the valley we just come up some it, that was the first inclination i had where you know the terrain was starting to look a little bit like uh chilean patagonia kind of reminded me it was very similar hmm. and uh you know we we trekked up to the top um uh, found the checkpoint and then once at the top it was um following the herd path across the uh kind of the plateau and uh we trekked all night Um, came across the three brazilian teams that we seem to keep running into the entire race they somehow would get ahead of us and we'd 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 trek up on them as they were waking up from a sleep. and i I was like why don't we just follow them because they seem to be getting a lot of sleep and they seem to know where they're going So, so as daylight came up um that was right when we first started getting into the very big uh, terrain for the tops of the the mountains, and it was you know 360 degree vistas in every direction was beautiful, and you could mm. you're standing up on top of the mountain and you could see the valley down below and all the you know, Pantanal uh, waterways and the Paraguay River was down there. It was really cool, as this you know with the beautiful sunrise. Yeah. But then of course as the sun comes up, it starts to beat on you again with the heat, and you know we started to run out of water again. We went over the tallest peak in the in that mountain range and there's no water on the top. And fortunately there was a fantastic breeze at the top at the higher elevations, which kept us relatively cool. Um, the descent down from there was kind of steep early on. And then, uh, we got into the vegetation, but found water, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were doing that, we started to run into more and more teams and all of a sudden you know, there's like six teams around us all together. I don't know what what happened to make it all conspire together, but you know, you know now you're with we're with Phoenix and uh Peak Performance and Yoka Slacker. So I was thinking in my head, you know, we're we're probably pretty close to being top twelve now for whatever reason. Yeah, we've managed to work our way back into it again. And uh there was two checkpoints we hit uh, on tops of peaks um, with really really steep descents where you're basically sliding down a uh, dusty hillside and we uh we were looking for a river in this val the next valley we were coming to and i remember as we came down and i ran out of water so i was kind of loopy at that point and uh we hit some water and um we took a bearing on it and it was not going exactly like the river showed on the map mm-hmm. and all this time there was a red line that we called the Shuby line where she had trekked through there and the, the red shuby line was right in the valley we were supposed to be in but it was kind of walking at an angle for a while and then it kind of got onto this river and kept going and the angle of that the shuby line right there was the same angle the same um bearing that this little creek was on and i was i was adamant that we weren't standing in the river that we thought we were we were in some parallel little creek and turns out that was the case so you know, all these teams are kind of gathering water and then all of a sudden they're all gone <laughs> quietly they <laughs> all escape and uh, we're on our own and uh you know we started to bushwhack in the direction i thought the river was Then we it got too thick and we gave up on it and we decided to walk this creek out while well, the creek kind of meandered for five or six hours or whatever and uh, moral to the story there is we we missed the trap door the quick and easy exit and uh we we made it longer on ourselves. Walked through this this river valley, this little creek valley to the to the road we were looking for. Um, and all the while, you know, the, the first time you come across the crocodile, you're like, "Wow, I'm going to give this thing some berth and make sure I'm nowhere near it." And then, you know, by the time night three or night four comes along, you, it was nothing to be in the same <laughs> small body of water with like ten beady eyes staring at you the whole time and not even thinking anything about it. So. That, that was pretty interesting. This, you know, you're scan your headlamp across this little pond, you're going to walk through and see 10 sets of eyes looking at you. Yeah, that's
0: interesting because that everybody I've talked to is like, yeah, after a day or two, no, nobody even thought about the crocodiles. So it, it's amazing how soon you adapt to something, isn't it?
1: Well, yeah, it helped. that They, they decided they were just going to stay where they were. They didn't yeah. ever seem like they were aggressive whatsoever and I think it's probably because what they eat they probably eat frogs and fish and whatever yeah yeah they
0: don't (laughs) want no they don't want no stinky adventure racers
1: yeah exactly especially on day four (laughs) yeah so we finally found the uh we found the way out of that one um and we we transitioned to a paddle with the current down the paraguay river which was fantastic yeah in the morning and uh, we so we tied the boats together and rotated uh through one hour sleeps while we paddled and i think we had the sails up for a while as well Mm -hmm. which worked exceptionally well
0: is let me ask you is there any better sleep than floating down a river
1: (laughs) yeah it's like (laughs) a giant water bed it was fantastic
0: there's you know i have video from primal quest of of team Godzone, and they're going through like some class two and they're just they're just all (laughs) you know the guide's just paddling and they are out of it so it's like yeah, they're tired.
1: Yeah, it doesn't take much at that point for sleep. That's yeah. For sure. The only thing is is I, I laid down, I put my my buff over my face and my sunglasses over the buff, and then my hat on. I was flat in the in the kayak, but I had unzipped my PFD and pulled my jersey and my uh my shirt up, so my, my chest was a little exposed and I got a massive sunburn right in the square of my chest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, that- so we yeah, how long was that? I mean a few hours paddle down the river?
1: Uh no, it was I think it was nine hours. Oh. Wow. So you and got then, some good rest. Yeah, that was it was nice. Uh again the sun was you know beating down on us again yeah. in uh <clears throat> we were told not to uh not to sleep along the riverbank in that section because of the number of crocodiles and other animals um that come to get water in that area and only to get water at at the checkpoints where which were um, houses along the river yeah. um so i think for the most part we we kept right on moving the whole time we you know we were sleeping rotating through and then we had we ended up with the, i think the seventh fastest paddle split even though we were only there was only three of us paddling at yeah. one time so i don't know what the other teams were doing they're probably sleeping two at a time uh, probably <laughs> so that uh that uh um took us to the first um flatlands trek mm-hmm. and we transitioned there um i got my blisters lanced again and uh we there was some farmers there and they were they were warning us make sure you uh prod with your trekking poles for stingrays yeah. as you as you walk through here you know they were pretty adamant about doing this so okay we're gonna make sure we do it and uh we took off and by then my, the backs of my heels were really really a problem because whenever i would stop for whatever reason i'd get um sensitivity there if we were moving th- they were fine they were numb enough that i could keep moving mm. without too much pain so we took some time there and the initial startup was pretty painful on that i remember and we, uh we had a dog following us, so that was kind of distracting me for a while. And the the trekking was actually pretty good. There was a lot of dry areas and some, some little ponds that we'd come to that you had to skirt around. And then as night fell, we got deeper and deeper into it. And, the you know, this started with ankle-deep water. And then a couple hours later, it's knee-deep water. And then by midnight, it's waist-deep water. And, again, we're, we're poking with our trekking trekking poles as we go and we saw a couple of stingrays I got some pictures of them but we actually cool. scared them away it was kind of neat and it's then where we're trekking is I could have swore it was a uh, a river that we were walking up and there was a river that was parallel to the path that we were on I thought for a while maybe we had somehow gotten onto the river instead of the uh instead of the path but it's so flat there it, it was probably all river at that point it's all you know flowing downhill from the five meter hill it happens to be coming out of
0: <laughs> yeah five meters and a hundred k
1: maybe exactly so we got through that and then, uh right before morning we actually there was probably a six or seven hour stretch where it was continuous water mm-hmm. um so we didn't have an option to sleep whatsoever yeah and uh as soon as we we got our first stretch of dry land we we slept, sat down for a one hour sleep and we woke up and uh all of a sudden all these teams are around us again so our our previous mistake somehow got negated again and we're we're right back in the thick of it there's the three brazilian teams and there's phoenix and then we've come across the yoga slackers sleeping and the east wind all of a sudden comes around the corner and so it's this giant uh, pack of teams now working our way towards the infamous ta6 yeah. and uh The sun again was beaten down on us even by 10 o'clock it was atrocious and the it was uh kind of this flat um prairie land i'll call it at this point where the the rancher's cattle would kind of graze and they put numerous uh tracks on this uh, area that you could follow for a while and then they just kind of disappear and the way the map was set up some of the tracks were there and some weren't and some of the waterways were there and some weren't and some of the vegetation was there and some wasn't so I think Anita was navigating at this point she's got a very good sense of how far she's walked relative to the you know the time so she had a pretty good idea where we were but she wasn't always sure what track we were on and we uh we ended up spending again about 6 or 7 hours in this this little prairie pasture area trying to find the way to the ta because there's really no backstop you know if, uh, around in races in the u.s if, or even in europe if if you miss the ta you're going to come across some obvious feature that tells you that you've gone too far yeah Th- that wasn't the case here you could uh, the next the next thing you come across is going to be just like the last thing you came across some you know arbitrary fence or head drill or something
0: so let me I've been wanting to ask this. So when you're standing there on your way to TA6 and you just stand there and spin around and look, I mean, is it dead
1: flat? Is there any kind of features that you can see? Well, um, there was a ranch that we came across. There was actually a guy that was working in the ranch and he, he sold us some mangoes. Um, So there it was all dry land Hmm. and there was a lot of vegetation. It was kind of a, a cool edge of the jungle type of thing where you, as you left there on, out of the ranch, you were walking in this, we were walking towards this pretty big open area that was kind of like a lake with mm-hmm. vegetation all the way around it, like trees all the way around it. So we kind of knew exactly where we were at that point. And, uh, and we, the trail kind of went right through this lake or right on the edge of it. So we, you know, we knew where we were, we got to the end of it and we knew we were about 10 K from the, from the ranch and that's when that's when we kind of got off our our route a little bit, just based on what I could see from the tracking, and uh, we kind of should have should have bent to the northeast. Um, I think what prevented us from doing that because the vegetation was kind of thick in that that direction. So we kind of yeah. we kind of took the path of least resistance, and it, it really messed us up later on because the approach into the into the Ta Six from the direction we were going was basically the giant swamp that was it was a little different than where we were earlier in that it was uh water about waist deep but it was all vegetation in the water the water was clear but the vegetation made it so you couldn't see what you were walking through essentially so yeah. you didn't know if you're on a track or if you're on a river or what you were on <clears throat> and uh we we finally found a fence road that we were looking for that was going in the right direction and that was our original plan. So at, at that point we were traveling with, uh, the three Brazilian teams, they decided they were going to try some other route. We were going to stick to our original route and, uh, fence row hit another fence row. We took that for a while. And then we had to cross this river with floating vegetation in it four different times. And we had to put our PFDs on to do it. And, uh, it's, there's a couple of funny pictures I think that Tim has taken where it's all you see is a person's head and then vegetation that's uh over their head kind of crawling through this this river. Oh. And uh, as we were as the as night uh, as night's falling, I was a little concerned because I was out of batteries at that point, so I all of a sudden I could see you could, you could hear the planes taking off and landing, so we had an idea where the TA was to begin with, and then I caught a glimpse of it on the runway so we knew where we were and uh we're kind of hustling to get to it before dark and uh, we're wa- all walking in line and uh something bumped into tim who was leading and it, we were in waist deep water with vegetation so you couldn't see what it was and it yeah. he jumped and he was quite startled by it and charles was falling right behind him and it without his even without him even moving it bumped into his leg so it's It's clear that whatever it is, is coming down the line of us four as we're walking. And uh, it it skipped Anita for whatever reason. It missed her. And it was like, as I described it earlier, it's like a bad horror film. Yeah, I was just
0: going to say, yeah, just like a movie.
1: (laughs) Time slows down to like hours for seconds. And uh, I remember thinking, well, I'm the next one in line here. (laughs) And uh, I remember moving to my right and I didn't do it quick enough. And whatever it was... Uh, hit me and kind of knocked me a little bit on my feet. But I had my trekking pole, I think, and I was able to stabilize. And before I could kind of get my bearings again, it bounced off one leg and into the other. So whatever it was, uh-huh. passed right between my legs and kept going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of kind of happy it wasn't
0: hungry, whatever it was. It's, yeah, it's curious. You probably don't really want to know what it was.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I can only assume it was a crocodile or a snake, one of the two. Yeah,
0: either one. Both suck.
1: Yeah, I was happy they were. They kept moving, whatever it was. So, you know, at that point, we didn't care what was going on. In the, we wanted to get out of the water as quickly as possible. And uh, we kind of found a higher body of land that enabled us to get out of the water. And uh, we trekked down the runway past the cattle that were now in their pen that we'd seen earlier out of the prairie running around. And uh, made it to the, to the TA, and uh as we we're approaching uh Jose was there and he's st- they started telling us uh you know the whole story about the packraft section yeah. getting cancelled and we were gonna get shelled up forward. So we spent a lovely night at the TA overnight with our uh with no new clothes, but we did have some new food, so that was good. It's,
0: yeah. Which was yeah, probably more important food than clothes, right? Exactly. Yeah.
1: No.
0: <laughs> so then you got your little flight, right? Yeah, oh, well, the-
1: that, even that wasn't easy because uh, uh, in the morning a huge thunderstorm came through, hmm. and uh, they it, it, they wouldn't let the planes take off from the airport that they were at. So the the lady that was that was living at the ranch said that usually when it starts raining like this, it rains for days. <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> days that's gonna be monday or tuesday i'm supposed to fly out on sunday <laughs> <laughs> and i don't have enough food to get me to monday uh, so fortunately it kind of let up and they they instantly had the planes in the air and they started shuttling teams out and we got out of there about five thirty, i think so i we spent close to 20 hours at this ranch huh. they flew us to our bikes we put the bikes together we got the second map or second set of maps they kind of improvised a a bike route to the finish that kind of omitted the the ropes but they didn't tell us that they were omitting the ropes so we we took our we had to take our uh ropes gear with us for the entire uh, bike ride yeah nice the, the bike ride ended up being uh about 250 kilometers for us for whatever reason mm.
0: yeah and that and that's kind of interesting cuz you know you read and you say oh yep yeah, they're putting them on the bike to ride and you don't think
1: 250 kilometers, <laughs> that's a long damn bike ride. Yeah, it, it was. And I, I, for whatever reason, I think we had discussed it, you know, the last leg of the race was, uh, was a bike ropes and bike. And I, I was thinking that they had put us right at the beginning of that. They short us right to like TA 10 or whatever. Mm. And I knew that leg was only going to be about a hundred kilometers combined so i started paying attention on my odometer how far we'd gone we when we got past 100 kilometers and we were nowhere even close to (laughs) to being where i i knew we should have been i knew we were in for a full full day of biking it was it was kind of interesting because we came across a, a ferry that everybody got held up at so we come rolling in and uh there's like 10 teams there there's the brazilians again there's uh yoga slackers, all all these teams, East Wind, that we'd been seeing over and over and over again. They're all sitting at the ferry waiting. So uh, you guys were kind of like the tortoise, just kept catching up with them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the ferry showed up at 6 a.m., and uh, just before we were about to uh, take off, Silva showed up, and they were still on the full course at that point. Mm. It was pretty impressive that they were still able to bust it like they were uh, that far into the race yeah yeah we got go ahead go ahead we got across the river and uh as soon as the gate came down it was like a a bike you know a tuesday night bike race with 35, 35 guys all ripping down this flat <laughs> flat road to the to the last mountain section It was actually kind of fun we made a real good time at least <laughs> Yeah. and then we got into the there's a bit of a mountain section where we had to climb up and over a bit of a range to get uh down into karumba And at this point i'm thinking oh, i just want to get to the finish I'm uh, looking forward to food whatever and <clears throat> we we get to the this last little section and it's a 4k bike whack along the coast of the lake in like waste the shoulder deep water and vegetation mm-hmm. it was so demoralizing <laughs> you know i was thinking it's just the easy Easy pad, uh, pedal into the the TA, yeah. and here we are fighting through this vegetation again. It, yeah. it was kind of the theme of the entire race, and every time I kept thinking, "Well, we're we're just about to the TA," you know, all of a sudden six hours would go by and we're still not there. I'm wondering what the heck happened.
0: Yeah, somebody I I should remember who who said it, but um, they learned not to let their, your guard down. Yeah, you'd think you're like two hours from the TA and you kind of relax a little bit and then, yeah, all hell would break loose again.
1: Yeah, well, I didn't learn that very quickly,
0: unfortunately. <laughs> I don't think they did either. <laughs> so, but so it seems to be a theme for it. So, yeah. But you
1: finished. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm happy that with that. Um, you know, yeah. one of the toughest courses from what I understand people have been saying in that I think I might have had. Worse feet than most maybe not mm. everybody because i know i've saw some pretty raw feet yeah but um, so
0: i've been asking this it's sort of a dumb question but did you have fun
1: uh yeah there was there was some fun moments um there's a lot of suffering involved as well yeah. <laughs> that the uh the sights made it made it worthwhile though mm. there was some really beautiful areas that uh you know, there's probably a very small handful of people that have ever seen it. So that that part was interesting and made the trip worthwhile. Yeah. I don't know if I asked, I necessarily need to go back down there and do it again. Though.
0: Well, you've seen it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> go see someplace else that nobody's been to. True. Sure. <laughs> so, um, oh, how much time did you have from your finish
1: till you had to be on the shuttle? Well, that was another... <laughs> The race didn't end is what it amounted to yeah we i mean, we got to the finish line, but the race was still was still on we uh i think we finished about one o'clock, and by the time you, know, you do the post race wrap up or whatever and you're you're still in the convention center, we had to get back to the uh hotel um we had to somehow i think we got some one of the race vehicles to to take us there they had they had a number of trucks that were on loan that they were had people shuttling us back and forth with we got to the hotel and checked in and then not all the gear was available still. It still isn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, what we did have, we sorted through and started to dry, we took a shower. Um, but then it's, you know, we, I think we went and got some food at Subway as well. And by the time everything kind of gets sorted out, it's like five thirty, six o'clock. And we, we heard the bikes were back at the convention center. So we went, to the convention center on the way to the awards giving party and kind of sorted our bikes out for a while. And then went to the awards, stayed there till I think it was 10 or 10:30, And we still had some packing to do. We still didn't know what our paddling gear was. Didn't know what the plan was for getting that back to us. So we packed our, <clears throat> packed our bikes up and then took our bikes from the convention center back to the hotel. And I still had some gear sorting to do. So I was up until, 1 a.m. getting everything put together. And then the shuttle from the hotel to the airport was 7 hours. And for a 3 p.m. flight, we had to leave there at 4 a.m. in the morning. So I didn't get much sleep that night either. Yeah. The race that just kept on giving. Exactly. (laughs) So my first real meal after the race, it didn't occur until Monday night when I got home. Wow. I had airplane food on the way home, so that that yeah. wasn't all that great either no, but uh, it might have tasted good <laughs> I wasn't complaining, put it that
0: way, yeah, so it um puts the adventure back in adventure racing, didn't it?
1: yeah, um, almost too much in that mm. a lot of times I found it wasn't we weren't really racing, we were just yeah. you know traveling across. The countryside until we got to the next ta and as we approached the ta then it's like everybody kind of jogged into race mode again
0: interesting yeah so were you ever like really for a lack of a better term freaked out it's like god we're out here in the middle of nowhere
1: i mean we're really
0: out in the middle of nowhere
1: um no because i you know there's some small sense of security knowing that you you're carrying the yellow brick around, yeah, and you could at any moment you could say, "I think we're in trouble, uh, we need some help here. I don't know how long it would take for us to get help, but it, that didn't seem like it was going to be too far away no. um well, there was a a couple of times when I wondered, how the heck are we going to get out of this because it seems like we're in it pretty thick, but uh you know you just keep keep on with the plan, and eventually you you get to a point where it clears up.
0: Yeah. Well, and come on, you guys, you guys like that shit. <laughs> well, it's
1: it's fun to know that when you get put into a nasty situation, um, you can work your way out of it.
0: Yeah. yeah it is pretty pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> Assuming the map is correct and everybody is coherent. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. One thing I've been interested in the maps. How how do you keep remembering or keep it in your mind how big that scale is
1: uh, well what really brought it out to me i was i was navigating on the uh on the, most of the paddle sections so and that as we we're approaching that uh ta or uh checkpoint 7 i was looking at the map and the, the map showed that mountain range was just kind of like a little molehill on a on a one to twenty four thousand map it was pretty small, but on a one to one hundred thousand map it's it was big. And when I finally saw it, it was it it took me a while to figure out, um, geez, that's where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> and uh this you know, the fifty meter contours uh, as compared to a ten meter contour, yeah. which I'm I'm used to looking at, is a is a big difference
0: yeah it's hard to hard to kind of
1: keep it in your mind sometimes yeah so after that point it was like yeah anytime you see a little bump on this map that's going to be a big big hill (laughs) it's a good thing to remember
0: so um so you just in uh kickback mode now holidays which what's got any plans for next year yet
1: um actually i'm i'm desperately behind on my preparation for ski season (laughs) (laughs) so this kind of delayed that by about uh six weeks and it's i'm just starting to get back into the swing of things here swimming and uh running and biking again roller skiing waiting for the snow to show up there's a there's an event that i do every every year up in uh, uh canada a ski event that we're trying we've got a whole a number of people that are going up to do it this year it's going to be a lot of fun it's 160 uh, of skiing over two days with a overnight camping in the middle of it in the middle of nowhere
0: Hmm.
1: so that'll be fun sounds fun for you yeah (laughs) it'll be fun i'm looking forward to it and then uh as far as race plans for next year nothing firm right now um natalie long sent me a note the other day asking about what you know what i wanted to do she was she was keen to do the race in paraguay and I told her it was a little too soon for me to consider going back down to do a jungle race. That's about 300 miles away from where I just was.
0: Yeah, like, yeah, you may be done with South America, right, for a while.
1: Yeah, well, there's some there's some areas of Argentina that I'd like to see, but I'd rather see it with snow there as opposed to a hot summer. So I'm I'm just thinking
0: everybody's happy that that uh, get to speak English next year.
1: Australia yeah although the it's kind of like jumping out of the the pot into the fire there because there everything tries to kill you down in Australia
0: that's that is true so I mean you know they made such a big deal about everything is going to try and kill you in Brazil but nothing did except of yeah. course oh, yeah right I mean they got, except except Shuby
1: <laughs> they got what 12 of them the deadliest snakes in the world are down there you got jellyfish you got Mm. magpies birds that try and kill you it's it's out of control down there yeah well you know the picture that circulates every once in a
0: while this is australia there's seven thousand things in this picture that'll kill you (laughs)
1: yeah right so but having said that i'm sure uh craig is going to put together a fantastic course no I'm, i'm yeah sure it'll be
0: be epic, but it may not be as long. <laughs> epic, yeah. In well, I'm way. sure people won't be upset by that. Yeah. Um. Just quickly, do you think it's gone a little bit too far in adventure the last year, couple of years? You know, the last two worlds have been that way. You know, Alaska was pretty adventurous. I mean, even Cowboy Tough was was fairly adventurous. Primal Quest was was hard for people. I mean. What do you think? Maybe need a little more racing.
1: Uh, I don't know. I I can't really speak for the other World Championships because I wasn't there. But this yeah. one um, was certainly a test. Yeah. We had you know nasty terrain, nasty environment, and temperatures to deal with. Um, yeah. But I don't know, my feeling is it's supposed to be an adventure. I guess if mm-hmm. it were if it were easy, anybody could do it.
0: There you go. If it was easy, I'd be doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so although I did. And I think I've, met, I've said this on the other podcast too, but uh, you know the Facebook memory came up, you know from two years ago, and it was Costa Rica, and, and I posted, "Remember when we thought this was hard?" Yeah. <laughs> so it's all perspective, so right. Um, cool. Well, I'm getting tired of talking. You probably are too. Well I think maybe now I can finally put the race to bed and I won't have nightmares now that I've got it out of my system there you go yeah you talked to talk to dr Randy and got <laughs> it out so um, thanks i mean that was uh very I'm learning more every time I talk to people, so I really really appreciate it but you kind of give me... there there are certain sections now that I know even better, so you did a good job, thank you.
1: No, oh, no problem.
0: Okay, well, we'll. Uh, I'll talk to you the next time you do a race that almost kills you. <laughs> My wife's <laughs> listening. Oh. <laughs> no. No. All right. Thanks, Randy. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.